Hello, and welcome to Birth of Family Church Podcast. We trust that you'll find an encouraging word to strengthen your walk with the Lord. And if you're visiting the area, or if you're looking for a good church home, come check us out at birthedfamilychurch.org. There you can find our location and service times. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless. this morning? What about your Bible app? Let's get them, let's get them fired up. Let's get them ready to go. I want to say hi to those watching out there uh, on the live stream. How are you? Good to have you with us here this morning. I believe the Lord has something for you, and so just open your heart and get ready to receive. Amen. Well, we've got an interesting subject matter this morning, and if, if you haven't realized this yet, um, we endeavor to follow the Lord and His leadings when we minister the Word of God. And so I don't have this book at home and, and that it says, you know, on this day do this and, and in this season do this. And uh, occasionally we'll, we'll do services like talking about the giving of thanks on Thanksgiving and talking about the birth of Christ on Christmas. But for the most part, Every Sunday is, is spontaneous as to what he wants us to do. And so I was minding my own business, just singing a song to the Lord. And one of the lines in, in the song was, as I'm giving glory to God, that, that he is, talking about Jesus, he is the lamb upon the throne. And something about that line in that song just just got enlarged inside of me and it just I just seemed there was something interesting about it you know too many people get the impression that God speaks with a voice or God you know puts signs up in the sky and he may do that occasionally but in my life he's never done that to me or for me I've learned just to, to recognize him on the inside because that's where he is and so he's, he emphasized that to me. The lamb on the throne. Hallelujah. Now to me that sounded like an oxymoron. They seemed like polar opposites. How can you be a lamb and on the throne at the same time? How can you be innocence and then be all-powerful. So I started to do a little digging. So, Father, here we are. We've opened our ears and our hearts to hear from you. I thank you for your anointing, that enablement that you give us to hear you, to recognize you, to understand things supernaturally. And I thank you for a voice to speak thy word, Lord, right here in the midst of your people. We simply say, Lord, have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's look at this. First and foremost, we know that God is omnipotent. 
That's a fancy word to say he's all-powerful. That there's no limit to his power. Because he is the one true and living God. He's, He's in a class of all his own. He's not a created being. He's always been and always will be. And we've seen demonstrations of his power. For goodness sake, if the clouds weren't there, you'd see, you know, a, a, a 14er next to a 13er. Yeah. Just staring us right in the face. We saw, Think of the power it took to create that and how much more power it takes to sustain that. Amen. See, we look and go, wow, look what he's done. But look how he sustains what he's done. How does he keep, you know, these rocks that are floating in space from colliding with one another? The Bible says that he's holding the entire universe in the palm of his hand. Hallelujah. He's big. He's big. But at the same time, he's merciful. He's compassionate. He's loving. He's caring. He's willing to use his power to touch our lives. Understand that the Lamb is referring to a title given to Jesus. It's a title that describes how God is using him to help us. Jesus became a Lamb, Jesus became innocence. To represent us. And yet, because this lamb is God, he's also described as a lion, who I've heard is uh, the king of the jungle, right? Jesus is a lamb, and at the same time, he's a lion. in the same divine person, Jesus Christ. So let's look at Jesus, our lamb, and let's look at Jesus, our lion. Going over to John 129. Now, we don't have the the, uh, ability to put up projection this morning, but I'll read this verse to you if you can't get to that scripture quick enough with your hard copy or your phone. This is Jesus entering into his earthly ministry. And Jesus is coming to John to be baptized. This is when he became became endowed and anointed with the Holy Spirit to do works of power. And John says about him in 1 John, verse 29, Behold, or look, see, observe, who? The Lamb... Of God the Lamb of God well what's what's his purpose as being labeled the Lamb of God he's the one who will take away the sin of the world so God sent Jesus to the earth to lay down his life for man Understand that the whole purpose 
of Jesus becoming flesh is so that he could be a sacrifice unto God. A sacrifice unto God. Matthew 20, 28 says, Even as the Son of Man, and that refers to Jesus, he came not to be ministered to, but he came to minister. To give his life as a ransom or a payment for many. Now understand that, and I, I realize we're pretty well versed in this subject. But we, we need to revisit that imagery that here comes God. Jesus is God who's enveloped in flesh. And he's God's lamb who is going to give his life for you and me. Now that's not a cliche. That's not a religious acronym, whatever you call it, you know, imagery. It's a reality. He's an actual lamb. He's an actual sacrifice. He's laying down his life for you and I. Now you realize that no person, no spiritual being can kill God. So it was God who laid down his life for you and I. Because I used to hear stories, well, the Jews killed Jesus. Oh, the Romans killed Jesus. No, God the Father killed Jesus. Because he placed our sin on Jesus on the cross. No human being could have done that. Because he died first and foremost on that cross, a spiritual death with our sin. So think about this. Here's God who's all-powerful and yet he's giving his life to you, to you, to you, to you, to you. So that we wouldn't have to give our life. Look what Isaiah 53, 7 says. Jesus, this is him on the cross now. His, this is Isaiah prophesying hundreds of years before this took place. But it gives, gives us a vivid illustration of what took place. Isaiah 53, 7 says that Jesus was oppressed and afflicted. yet did not open his mouth. Look at this. 
He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so did he not open his mouth. Aren't you glad he's our lamb? Aren't you glad he took the death that we deserved? He laid down his life. He laid down his blood to ransom or to pay the debt for you and I. Hallelujah. Realize this, that his response and, and what he was doing as the lamb was not weakness, but rather strength. Because he was keenly aware of who he was and what he came to accomplish. Now, I'm sure that this may relate to at least one person here. But how many times did you do a task that you didn't want to do, but you knew it was going to benefit someone else? And so part of your motivation to do what you're doing was to help someone else. Do I have at least one like that this yeah. morning? Right? Well, think about Jesus and how he could climb up willingly onto that cross for you and I. The Bible says he did it because he put joy before him in order to endure the cross. His joy was seeing that he was going to save you by being your lamb. He climbed up on that cross because he saw the joy of setting you free, to paying a price you couldn't pay, to see that he'd be the one to bring the deliverance to you and I that we needed. Woo! But even as a lamb, the work Christ came to bring to pass was not yet done. If Jesus was just our lamb, we'd still be held captive in our trespasses and our sins. Because we also need a lion. Woohoo! Here's the fun part. And we're not talking about Tiger, the you know Tony the Tiger on the side of a cereal box. We're talking about the the God who's a lion, who's all powerful. Come on, amen. Yes. Amen. Is holding all this out there in place so you and I can enjoy it. You see, Jesus, even though he was our Lamb, he still had to conquer sin, death and restore man from his fallen state. And in this, he had to become a lion at his resurrection. I want to get right down to it. Is that okay? Go to Colossians chapter 2, verse 15. Now, understand that the Bible tells us that Jesus was in hell for three days. 
And while in hell for three days, he was paying our penalty for our sin. Because we, were, we had a, the penalty of death and eternal damnation upon us because of our sin condition that was passed down to us. And so he had to pay that penalty in hell like we were supposed to. And so in hell, he's in a place where he's separated from his father, he is spiritually dead, and now he's subject to, guess who? The devil and his bunch. And he was shamed, and he was tormented, and he was afflicted for three days. Look here, you see it in Colossians 2.13. And you being dead, that be you and I, dead means spiritual death, separation from God, in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, yet he has quickened or made alive together with him having forgiven all our trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of the ordinance that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he took it out of the way. How? By nailing it to his cross. So here's Jesus as our lamb. Who we were, apart from God, was nailed to the cross because it was put on Jesus, and he became what you and I were and then was sentenced to damnation in hell. But then along comes verse 15. Here comes the lion. You ready for it? Then, when Jesus was in his shackles and chains and torment and agnes, ag agony and anguish, Demons in his face. You know how they yak and yak. Right? It's like they were in kindergarten or something. All of a sudden, God said, Well, the claims of justice against humanity has been paid for. My son's done enough time as a man separated from God and sent the Holy Spirit that came down, 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 down into the earth, down, down, down into the darkness in those places of flames. It came into the presence of Jesus Christ and all the demons around him and the Holy Spirit came down on him and he was born again. Amen. He yes. was resurrected in his spirit. Thank you, Lord. And when that resurrection power came in him, he became the lion. He became endowed with omnipotence. He became like God. And he threw off all the powers of darkness and ripped the keys out of the hands of Satan the keys of death, hell, and the grave, and took them 
back up. Look at it, verse 15. Colossians 2.15. Jesus having spoiled. That means to kick bute. He defeated death. He defeated sin. He defeated everything for you. He defeated sickness. He defeated poverty. He, de he, he, he defeated fear. He, he defeated all that was taken from us. He spoiled principalities and powers. He made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Back in the day when a conquering country would come into a city and defeat it, they would take the the king or the whatever authority presided over that city and they would parade that ex-leader in front of all the people held in chains and saying, here's your leader, we defeated him, and they would triumph through the streets in their victory. That's exactly what Jesus did in hell. He looked every demon in the eye and says, I'm Lord over you. I defeated you. Holding the keys that their master once had in his hands and said, see, I got the keys that Satan has. He's now defeated and under my feet. He triumphed over them in it. Say, Jesus, my lion. He did that for you and I. So the lamb was a lamb when needed. And Jesus was the lion when needed. And they come together to benefit you and me. Any time you need compassion. Any time that you need solace, any time that you need comfort, any time you need peace, any time you need forgiveness, any time you need a helping hand, here's your lamb. And you can go to him. Amen. His arms are always outstretched to you and I. Yeah, but I did this and I did that. Well... Welcome to, the, welcome to the group. We've all been there. And, you know, we may visit it from time to time in the future. Yep. But it doesn't matter because he's the lamb. Glory. Come on. He's eternally the lamb of God. Yes. And you can go to him and get help in time of need. Amen. Don't let self-consciousness keep you from going to the Lamb. Go to Him and let Him help. Let Him bring forgiveness. Let Him bring correction. Let Him get you through whatever you need. But also, 
There's times when you and I need him to be a lion through us. I want you to see something. I think this is the last scripture. Uh, we're real close. Look at Revelation 12, 11. Revelation, the 12th chapter, the 11th verse. Now, in the King James, it says, they, and they, Revelation 12, 11, and they, that's you and I, they overcame him, that's the devil, and his strategies against you. So they could be I did what? Overcame him, which is the devil and his bunch. This is when God, through his son, is a lion through you. It says that they overcame him, how? By the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. You see, every once in a while, he needs to be a lion in your behalf. And he's giving you his authority for you to say, uh-uh, honey, to sickness. Uh-uh, honey, to that bill box. Uh-uh, honey, to that what you're trying to do to my kids. Uh-uh, to fear. Uh-uh, to despair. Uh-uh, to worry and anxiety. Uh-uh, to depression. I'm not going to deal with that because Jesus has been my lamb and he's defeated my foe. And now with my word, I agree. And I say, devil, get out of here. Amen. Yeah. In Jesus' name. And now you've got the lamb and the lion manifesting itself through you. And now you can be riding through the cities with the one you defeated. Amen. Amen. You see, sometimes we need to get a little uppity. Does anybody know what uppity means? Now, I'm not saying towards God. I'm talking about against our enemy. So many times we, 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 we pet those things that come into our life that we don't want. And we parade them around for other people to hear so we can get their sympathy. But what we need to say is, you know, this, this little thing going on in my life right now, my lamb took that. Right. My lamb paid for that. And now here comes the lion. Come on. And we get after it and say, Amen. out. especially use it in our household when we're creating a environment of love. Love. Right? Amen. And when that strife comes in, when that little, those little things that kind of divides and kind of makes everything feel uncomfortable, we go, uh-uh. And we say, get. Amen. And it must obey. Amen. 
Now, we were going to talk about one more conquest Jesus is going to fulfill for you and I. But how about we save that for another time? There's just so much in the Bible about Jesus, our lamb, and Jesus, our lion. Once we receive him as our lamb, we need to learn how to turn the lion loose. And when we do that, that's when we begin to have heaven on earth. So, Father, we want to thank you for Jesus. Thank you for helping us to see him as our lamb. <coughs> How he willingly came and laid down himself as a sacrifice. Not because he needed it, but because each one of us needed it. Thank you, Jesus, for being our lamb. And Lord, we also thank you that Jesus is also our lion. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, he did open up a can, didn't he? And there, right there in the pits of hell, he opened up a can. I'm not allowed to say what that can was, but he opened it up. And he defeated our enemies. He defeated all that that separated us from you, Father. And he made a way through his victory, through his resurrection. And he conquered all that had us bound. So this morning we say, Jesus, you're my lamb. And Jesus, you're my lion. Help us, Lord, to enjoy the lamb and also to utilize the power of the lion to defeat our enemies, and to walk in the blessings that you have already provided. We thank you for it now. In Jesus' name. Everybody put a smile on their face. Say, in Jesus' name. Jesus. Say, Jesus is my lamb. Jesus is my Say, Jesus is my lion. Jesus is my lion.